0: It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. That is accurate. I'm Austin. He's Jeff. This is Utah Car Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. Eric Jensen producing for us today. Behind the glass there uh, here at uh, The Zone Sports Network. A lot of uh, people waking up this morning, hopefully uh, feeling better than they were when they went to bed. A lot of Utah fans not happy when the evening closed last night.
1: It was not not the best thing for a Utah fan, but I'm an eternal optimist, so I won. (laughs) You you played both sides against the middle. I did. I don't know. I wanted Utah to win, though. I was disappointed in the game, and it just, I mean, just little stuff. I mean they didn't play a horrible game, just little stupid stuff. 50-50 balls and it just it was it was frustrating.
0: Yeah, to get I, that old line fixed.
1: I don't know if I've seen a game with that many penalties in it.
0: Yeah, that
1: They got to a point in that game like me and my buddy from uh, actually one of my friends from California was was here who's actually moved back here and literally it got to a point like I think it was in the second quarter where there literally wasn't a play without a flag. Like literally I think it went like 12 straight plays with a mm. flag on it.
0: It's fun to watch, isn't it's it? It's really yeah. not entertaining.
1: A couple of those holds in the first half on Utah were just
0: horrible. And that's I can live. I can live with and get through a game with a lot of penalties if they're if they're real penalties. Yeah. And there were five or six that I went. A couple
1: watch. of those tight end and wide receiver hold calls they called were just sketchy.
0: And I and this maybe not didn't have a bearing on the game, but I would like to know. It's rare when a head coach gets a penalty in college football. Mm-hmm. I would like to know what warranted.
1: Now, what did uh, Whittingham say? It didn't matter, though, because they rolled off a 30-yard run right yeah, after the penalty. Yeah, I mean, it, it had
0: no bearing on the game, but it, it's so rare in football. He must have said something about the guy's mother, entire family because <laughs> he was flabbergasted himself. But Utah, I feel, uh, should have won that game. I felt they were the better team except for two areas on the field, and those two areas were the reason they got beat, secondary and offensive line. And hopefully Zach Moss is able to get back sooner than later. You were just telling me that. The official report on an AC separation is... It's not official. I just Googled AC separation. That's what I mean. Yeah. It says no one, one to... from
1: Utah has said that's yeah, what it is. It says is. one to six weeks okay. for a football AC separation.
0: So... Just depending on severity. Uh, if he's not able to go, that's sad. They have a couple guys that are just really good as well in Broomfield and Wilmore. Yeah, next
1: week's not an easy game. Yeah, you know, Washington State, that's not...
0: That is not an easy game. Nope, not at all. Big time game in Provo this afternoon uh, with BYU hosting Washington. Jeff will be cheering for Washington in that one. I will be cheering for
1: Washington today.
0: Oh, Rook, so people that may are just maybe just tuning in for the first time. You went to both Utah and USC.
1: I did. I got my uh, undergrad at USC and I have my masters at Utah. And Which I grew one and was... I grew up, I grew up as a Utah fan. Okay. I grew up going to Utah football games. So I, I probably have a closer tie to Utah.
0: Well, which one was the more fun college experience, the undergrad or the master's? Oh, undergrad. (laughs) Was it because of the location?
1: No. Undergrad, I was 18 years old in L.A. It's not Mm -hmm. a bad place to be. Mm -hmm. And graduate school, I was 26, 27 years old, working full-time. You're a boring adult. Taking night classes. (laughs) I I got my PMBA, so I didn't take full-time. So Mm -hmm. I was working full-time and taking night classes to get my MBA.
0: So, but you you think USC was a better, a more fun school? Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, don't have you help Utah football recruiting then if they've got a an SC and a Utah guy that's trying to decide between the two.
1: I will not. (laughs) I will not be a part of it.
0: You won't help Whittingham's cause there. Uh, So anyway, from a football standpoint,
1: I think I'd probably go to Utah if I was a football player. I'd go to Utah,
0: even after last night. Yes. I think that would be – as of right now, yeah.
1: Because you'd probably know who your coach is. Better coach, better stability. Because there's no way Clay Helton's staying as coach at USC.
0: I don't – well, there is one way. There's one way. He, They don't lose the rest of the way. They go to the playoff, and Urban Meyer does not have interest in the job. I would bet the house on that not happening. <laughs> if Urban Meyer's not interested, Helton no, USC. has a has a prayer. But
1: I hope it doesn't happen, but I think USC loses to Washington next week.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Washington's really, really good. Washington's a great team. Uh, but I'm not predicting anymore because I thought Utah was going to win by 14 or more last night. I thought USC was going to beat BYU by 14 or more last week. And I said yesterday I thought Washington was going to win by 10 or more today. But pff, I've been wrong every time, so don't listen to me.
1: <laughs> you just, should just bet the exact opposite of whatever you say.
0: I'm the kiss of death. You're the anti-bet. Apparently. So, uh, yeah, you want me to bet against your team so that your team wins. Do you, you guys still do
1: goes. your betting thing on the, the show?
0: Uh, the the pigskin picks? Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting question. I've been wondering the same thing because I just wiped the floor with Adrian and, and Tony last season. And weird that they didn't want to do it again this, this season. And weren't so.
1: you guys all pretty bad?
0: I wasn't. Oh. Well. well I was the first half of the year, (laughs) and then I couldn't lose the second half of the year. But, uh, yeah, that hasn't come up yet on the show.
1: Washington's only a a six-and-a-half-point favorite.
0: That's a lot. Six-and-a-half points is a lot because you get the three automatically for being at home, so it's really a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. That's a lot of points. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. BYU's riding a a huge momentum wave right now, and uh, that's important. Uh, But we're going to talk about cars and transportation and – uh, fun things today, and because I was just telling you as the show began, we uh, are officially in the, today is the first official day of autumn or fall, and that's my favorite, favorite season. It lasts about two and a half weeks here in the state of Utah, and then we're into winter, so enjoy it while you can. But we're wondering uh, today, Eric had a good idea for a poll question. What's your favorite fall time drive? And it can be elsewhere, but especially right here in our own backyards, Eight five five three four zero zone if you want to answer that question, 855-340-ZONE. If you have any questions, comments, uh, or other stories to tell us, 855-340-ZONE. And everyone that calls in today is thrown into the drawing at the end of the show for a four-pack of VIP lounge movie passes. Yep. So get on in, 855 Three four ozone. We'll get into uh, some Subaru news later in the show, uh, Jeff. But I did want to start with the GM situation today, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. So if you if you've missed it, last November GM laid off I think fourteen thousand some odd uh, workers. Yeah, something like that. Closed a plant or two. Uh, and fast forward now, the strike. UAW. Wait, UAW, right? UAW. Union. Union of Auto Workers, something like that. I don't remember what it stands for, but United, they're on strike. United Auto Workers. They're on strike and GM and others are now reacting to that strike by laying off more and more people. Jeff, what is your reaction, your your general take on how to fix this situation?
1: I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's all about money, right? So 48,000 um 48,000 UAW workers that the strike's set to hit the second week right now. I mean, it costs everybody, right? It costs the workers aren't getting paid. GM's not making cars. One thing a GM has going for it right now is the fact that they are overstocked. So there's a, they have a little bit of a better bargaining position right now because they have enough cars on the ground right now that they're able to weather through this. But what they're not able to weather is, so you have enough on the ground of mainstream models. It's the hot stuff that you lose, right? So like the new 2020 Corvette is not being made right now. So people who are out of Corvettes on their list, they're not being able to get those things. And it's the hot stuff that keeps your brand moving forward and pushing, right? So right now, let's see right now. So right now, at the beginning of the strike, as we've talked about this before, is that most automakers like to have somewhere between a 60 to 65 day inventory on dealer lots. Uh, GM right now is at 77.
2: Hmm.
1: So they're able to hold, they've got a decent bargaining position because they've got cars. So the dealers aren't feeling it yet. And generally, when a manufacturer starts feeling it is when their dealers start pushing back at them, saying, hey, we need cars. They don't have that yet. It's going to take a couple months for that to happen. But when that happens is when, and I think that's what's happening, is that the UAW is hoping they can hold off that long. But you think about that, right? But someone who's living paycheck to paycheck that's on strike, how long can they make it without a paycheck?
0: Yeah. And they've said some some. Folks in the union have been com- uh, quoted as saying they planned on this. They uh, planned ahead and put some money aside, but for how long? And the last time they had a, a stoppage, it was just two days, yep. uh, about 12 years ago. And they figured it out in two days and got back to work. So right now, 48,000-plus f- UAW uh, workers are just are not at work. And th- 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 this comment, you'll have to maybe explain this to me, when they say the suppliers are getting clobbered what does that the suppliers what is so that so it's
1: all a chain right so what happens is if there aren't UAW workers there at the plants making cars it's not just general motors that's hurt, it's hurt is that general motors gets supplied by hundreds and hundreds of suppliers that send them parts every day and if they're not making cars guess what they're not getting parts so all the places that are making parts for General Motors, there's some companies that literally exist to make parts for General Motors.
0: That's their whole thing. Their
1: whole company. All they do is make parts for General Motors. So if General Motors plants shut down, all of a sudden, guess what? That plant shut down. Yeah. And there's a okay. trickle effect, right? And that plant is not UAW. That's not
0: associated. Okay.
1: It's probably. It might be a union plant. It might not. Who knows? Just depends on what it is, but. Same thing happens with everyone is that, I mean, most of these plants have gotten to the point where they become so lean that it's day-to-day shipments of. So, like, I've been to the Subaru factory. In the Subaru factory, they literally are receiving the shipment of supplier parts the same day those supplier parts are going on a car.
0: Oh, wow. They don't sit on the shelf. And, There's and no storage. Wow. It's
1: literally coming in through one door, going straight to the line, and going on a car. And I mean, they and receive this every day? Every day.
0: That they're making cars, yeah.
1: Every day that supplier line comes. If one supplier messes up, it shuts the line down. Mm. I mean, it's letter, it's literally to that degree of efficiency. So GM shuts the plant down for two weeks. Guess what happens is all those plants shut down. All those supplier lines shut down. Mm. All those oil factories shut down. And the, I mean, it shuts a community down.
0: That's when I, I worked at UPS 100 years ago in the customer service arm. And the most stressed out people were the ones that worked on the chain supply solutions team. The ones that worked on these big-time freight lines that if one train car, let's say, didn't make it there for some reason, or even if half of the train car's parts or, or supplies inside that thing were wrong or not included, everything shut down. It all shut down because of one little mistake like that. And so that's what we're looking at here when they say the suppliers are the ones getting clobbered. Right now, as you pointed out, GM has enough cars on the ground to survive, sell some cars off the lots, so they're okay right now with the unions not working, making new cars, but the suppliers who who aren't associated with UAW or who might even be associated with UAW, they're the ones that now can't do anything because there's nowhere to send those parts to.
1: UAW is coming through with – they're looking for pay raises. They're saying that GM's setting profit records every quarter – they need to be sharing it with their employees. And that's their argument. And GM's argument is probably the other side of it, that we're in good times right now if we give all of these pay raises when bad times happen, which could be coming in the next year or two, that all of a sudden now, okay, we're going to go the other way really fast. Although, Barra, I think she made $22 million last year. The CEO? Yeah. Okay. I think she's doing okay.
0: That See, and this is what I'm not strike and union guy. Until I hear those kind of figures, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense why some guy trying to feed four mouths with just above minimum wage would want to go on strike.
1: The Median, compensa- median compensation of General Motors is 77000
0: The median. Median. So but middle- that includes all their executives, well, right medias. down to their entry-level guys, right? Yeah,
1: well, median would be the middle worker. Right. Not an average. So. Middle right. workers, so that takes out the people making twenty million dollars.
0: It's weighted, yeah, based on they go out and the guy making minimum wage goes out, and the middle is is left seventy seven thousand, not bad, no, but that depends on how many it's people you have in your as family. As
1: good as twenty one point eight seven million, exactly, yeah. Maybe
0: well, maybe shave that down a bit. She
1: got a pay decrease, though. In 2018, she made $21.87 million. In <laughs> 2017, she made $21.96 million.
0: Oh, they, they took a couple hundred
1: thousand off. $110,000 pay decrease. That's a lot.
0: How will she get by? I don't know. Uh 340 zone if you have a thought on this or anything else. 855 zone And uh, our good buddy... Uh, is back after a long absence here on the show, Mike the Trucker. Look at that!
3: Hey guys, good morning. Yeah, I'm always trucking and going places. Good to hear from hey, you. Hey, uh, real fast, being I'm in the trucking industry and working for the largest retailer in the United within the world. We do uh, do have to do that, too. Our stuff comes in one door, goes across the dock, gets in this trailer, and it's taken to the store, gets on the shelf, and goes out the front door in all different directions due to Amazon and how we uh, do .com and all this crazy stuff. So that is exactly how the world of uh, chain supply solutions are moving so fast. And like you guys said, um, I have a friend that actually I just talked to yesterday. That uh, on my day off, he works in Texas, and he works for GM, and he builds the big uh, SUVs down there south of Dallas. And they're all walking around, you know, not getting paid. But he's on the same note that you were saying there—that that, you know he uh, needs a pay raise. Yeah, the companies make a lot of money, but guess who gets cut first when the economy takes a poop or goes sideways? Well, yeah, he does. So it's a, it's a real scary place one way or the other. The other experience I had was I worked for Toyota out at Numi Motors there in Fremont. I worked hauling cars for them. And just like you said, Jeff, uh, that plant, you know, the parts coming in from what we would pick up the beds, uh, we'd do turn runs down to – uh Button Willow down there and the, uh, the beds would come in from Japan and then we'd take that, switch tractors and take that load right up to, uh, Fremont. Well those, uh, parts beds, uh, you know, by the time we got there, they got them off my uh, trailer, and they were already going on a pickup there real quick. Yeah. So it's exactly the same way, just like you said at the and Subaru plant. And they have they to. Get it, they get it down to the – yeah, they have to. Because you there's lose no, money on it.
1: There's uh, no way they, – they can't build the factory big enough to store parts.
3: No, they cannot. There's no shelves and, to uh, put all these uh, and, parts and, on. <laughs> Yeah, and the industry of trucking, I had a cracked rim here a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't find that exact rim anywhere. It was going to take seven days because from our shop to the Freightliner shop to the outside dealers, they didn't want to have this so-called aluminum light uh, type of rim because uh, it costs money for it to sit there. So people don't do that anymore. But on the original question you asked, Two places I love to drive is uh, taking my news, new Audi up to is up there where the changing of the leaves, you go down to uh, Lake, I mean, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving Point, you turn left and go east up in the canyons up there. It's just gorgeous at this time of the year. And up the Ameri- other one Up American Fork
1: Canyon, uh, right? That's what you're talking about?
3: That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then the other one, which we did last year, we took a trip right at this time of the year. Uh, we went over I-70 through uh, Glenwood Springs all the way out over to Denver at this time of the year. And Oh my goodness, it's just gorgeous.
1: Yeah, That's just a beautiful gorgeous. drive, yeah, over by uh,
3: Aspen. Yes, all across 70 and you drop into Denver, but Going through Glenwood and uh all that area out rifle and stuff it's just it's just a beautiful drive at this time of the year, but you know um for us in the trucking world uh you know we only got I'm actually gonna fly out next week to Texas for a couple weeks and then I'll come back and get ready for the snow and go from there so hopefully get another round of golf out there in Texas where it's about eighty nine degrees right now and enjoy a little bit longer that nice warm weather before I come back and start having to throw chains and dealing with all the yeah. crazy people here on cell phones and running into each other because they can't get off the phone.
0: Well, Mike, I was talking to a co-worker yesterday. It was really rainy coming into the to the office, and he his claim was that people are worse drivers in the rain than they are in the snow. Would you agree?
3: Yes. Um, I would love to see. I hate to bring this up. I might have said it to you guys years ago when we've all talked that, uh, other states have uh, done this, but uh, wipers on, headlights on. Now, luckily, a lot of cars are all coming automatic and have them on, but uh, for me to see you with the spray and the rain and everything, and you don't have any headlights on, man, I have to look real hard mm. before I make a lane change because I'm at 2 million miles now with the company driving safe, and I try to make sure I drive the truck safely to not run into somebody. But if you don't have your headlights on, and I don't care if it's the middle of the day, Pre dawn, after dawn, whatever. Get those headlights on so us big rigs can see you because if we have to make a lane change and we got all that spray coming and you're not paying attention to what I'm doing, um, the end result is not good. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, it's really good to hear from you, as always. You uh, keep trucking yep. safely, and we'll see you out there on yep. the road. We're out
3: here listening when we can hear you. I'm normally not around here at this time of the morning, but today I'm only working a couple of days and then getting out of town. So, Jeff, have a great day. Love your Subarus. See them every day. Our bosses drive them, so good car. All
0: righty. Thanks, Thank you, Mike. Mike. Mike the trucker, the, the the infamous Mike the trucker. The there. infamous. Do you agree about the we're worse drivers in the rain than in oh, the snow? Oh, yeah. Why? Why do you think?
1: I think it's easier to drive in the snow than the rain. I think that just the visibility is better. It's, it comes off the windshield easier. I just think it's an easier drive. But the rain, and I think the rain comes like out of nowhere a lot mm. of times, so people just like forget how to drive again.
0: I, my my idea is that when there's snow, there's something that you see that makes you be more cautious. When it's rain, just like, it's just wet. It's yeah. not that slippery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, I wonder if that's a factor in there as well.
1: So back on the uh, compensation plan of sure. uh Barra. Bara or twenty one million.
0: What's her is it Michelle? What's her first name? Uh, Mary. Mary,
1: yeah. Uh it makes you feel a little bit better about it that Musk last year was only paid a salary of fifty six thousand three hundred and eighty dollars. Oh really? But awarded stock options worth two point three billion. Okay. <laughs> so he made two point three billion on a company that's losing money.
0: Yeah. But Let's they, but he only, he, he only salary was only. What did you say? Fifty three thousand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. That guy is a crook. <laughs> that guy is slick, man. He's a grifter, man. He is a grifter. Yep. That's become
1: mainstream right now, though. That's not a problem anymore these days. No. And you can be a grifter. It doesn't really mm. matter.
0: It's almost expected and applauded. You
1: can become president.
0: Hey now. <laughs> Didn't think you could, but you could, and you are. Oh my gosh! I really wish we could. No one would wa- no one here may want to listen to it, but I would like to do a podcast about that congressional hearing the other day. Oh my gosh. And what a joke. The, the Lewandowski one? My, oh my goodness gosh. gracious. What, yeah, a, we're, what a we're gonna we're bungo. gonna
1: move beyond that. Ugh.
0: But yeah,
1: it was it was an ugly thing.
0: Here's a softball whiff. <laughs> Complete miss. All right. Hey, uh the next generation Subaru BRZ mm-hmm. is going to get more horsepower, Jeff.
1: Like three <laughs>
0: Hey, you buried the lead there. Ah, uh, there's there's been this cry from the the masses, the teeming hordes of the BRZ crowd. They want more horsepower, and so Subaru is delivering that, according to Jalopnik. And you, it's not, it's not a lot. It, in fact, where did? Oh, I just lost the numbers. Uh, it's going from 260 to 277. I think.
1: Uh, no, that's the. torque. Oh, that's the that's torque. The, it's not even that.
0: I think we, it's, no, that's the horsepower. I lost it here. Uh, two hundred five. Oh, cur- current is two hundred five horsepower. Two point liter, 2.0 liter, and uh, so they're gonna put in the ascent engine.
1: So if they put the ascent in, it'll have a lot more horsepower. But I don't. I don't think that's actually
0: gonna happen. Oh, you don't think so? Okay. From what I heard, because this other blog, not Jalopnik, but another blog said that. Uh, the Subaru uh, BRZ people are considering putting the turbo from the Ascent in their BRZ.
1: Yeah, if they can put that turbo from the Ascent, that would be a lot more fun.
0: That will be more horsepower for sure.
1: That would be like 60 or 70. That would be legit. Like, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, though.
0: So stay tuned, I guess, for I the exact anything, details on this. If you haven't heard anything, it's probably.
1: No, I'm actually going to New Jersey on Tuesday to meet with the big rigs at Subaru. What's so. your
0: number one question that you'll have when you get there on Tuesday? What do you want to learn?
1: I don't know I think we're recall stuff we'll talk a lot about recalls and suit quality and just make sure that we're getting the best quality protection we can I think it's our biggest issues they're still I mean there's they're still not making enough cars that's another problem for us I mean a big thing for retailers is that we just can't get enough cars our day supply right now at our midtown store is 20
0: days and you want it to be 30 60, 60 yeah twice three times, three times what it is yeah. we only have
1: a hundred cars on the ground
0: and you've got these brand new cars Cars that everyone wants that will yeah. be coming out, and you can't get your hands on them at, the fir- at first. Why, why is that? Are they it's just, just I mean, overly cautious in how they make these things to make sure have, they're done there's right?
1: There's a capacity of how many cars they can make in a given day, and unfortunately, not unfortunately at all, they're very popular. People want them, and people are buying them. They just can't make enough cars to satisfy demand.
0: Well, there might be a few uh, workers that have been laid off that might be hireable.
1: Yeah, it's plants, though. It's more they'd have to build a whole new plant. And That's expensive. They're not willing, I think, to take that risk yet. I yeah. don't know.
0: Well, uh, so we'll get a report from you when you come back.
1: From we're, down, we're actually under 20 days now. We're down to a 19-day supply at mid-10.
0: Which is a it's a good problem to have, but a bad problem. No. Like, no. like you said, everyone wants the cars, but you can't keep enough in stock. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton. He's Jeff Miller. Mike the trucker is entered to win a four-pack of VIP Lounge Movie Passes because he called us at 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE, and shared a question, a comment, or story with Jeff and I. Poll question, what's your favorite fall-time drive to to go out and enjoy? 855-340-ZONE. Any other questions or comments you have, we'll take them, and uh, appreciate you joining the show. Coming up later, uh, some people who are interested in skiing, May have to rethink how they're getting to the mountain. Talk about that. And also a Subaru complaint that actually proves just how reliable and good Subarus actually are. Stay tuned to Utah Carsons. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton, presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense, The Zone Sports Network. He's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us today. Looking for your phone calls, 855-340-ZONE. Favorite fall time drives, 855-340-ZONE. Love to hear from you. Lots more to get to uh, throughout the show today, but I wanted to turn to what they're doing up at Solitude this winter, Jeff. This is uh, from the Solic Tribune. Free parking will get a lot scarcer in Big Cottonwood Canyon this winter when Solitude Mountain Resort plans to charge visitors who drive up the canyon by themselves $20 to park, less if they, uh, if they carpool. Essentially what they're doing is it's uh, $5 the the charge is $10 for 3 passengers and $5 for 4 or more passengers $20 for 2 or 1 in the same car they're they're trying to crack down on the number of vehicles mm-hmm. that are crowding those lots crowding the roads up there in the mountains uh, and uh, encourage people you're all coming up here i don't th- get on a a, a a ride share app and come together
1: so they're just doing what the legislature wouldn't I mean, this came up in the legislature last year that they were they wanted to make Big Cottonwood Canyon and Little Cottonwood Canyon toll roads. It's just a, another way to do it. Yeah. And I don't mind it at all. I mean, they need to get the traffic out of that canyon. They need to figure out how to lower the traffic in that canyon. What I wish they would have done with it is I wish they would have made it more of a... I wish they would have said, okay, we're going to charge this, but this isn't a money grab. I wish they would have said, we're going to charge this and we're going to, part of it's going to go to our expenses of managing the parking and things like that because there's a cost to
4: mm-hmm.
1: collecting that money and things like that. but the rest of it we're going to donate to save our Canyons or some canyon fund that to help protect or make the roads better going up the canyon.
0: So interesting, you say that Carl Fisher, executive director of Save Our Canyons.
1: Hey look at that see, And we didn't even talk before this.
0: Well, he said what Solitude is doing is really important. They've stepped out in a risky way, risky way. This is totally new, never done in the Cottonwoods. I am interested to see how this experiment plays out, were his words. We're at a fork in the road. Do you build more parking to accommodate the masses, or do you do do something to force a behavior change uh, to protect the environment? So he's viewing it as it is kind of also protecting the environment because you're cutting down on the number of cars, Mm -hmm. putting pollutants into the air up there.
1: And hoping more people are taking buses and...
0: Yeah, the bus. The bus makes sense because there is a lot more people on the bus. The bus, though, the pollutants that come out of a bus are pretty nasty. I'd like to see us get
1: electric buses. Yes, to go up and down absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There is technology there to do that. Totally. That's what I'd like to see there. But he's saying this is at least Solitude is doing something rather than nothing.
1: I mean, it's pretty. I mean, if you try and go park up at Solitude Brighton. I mean, I, uh, one of our kids had snowboarding lessons last year up there, and you just couldn't park. I mean, you were parking half a mile away from anywhere you, you had to walk to. Jeez. I mean, it's just brutal how bad the parking situation's gotten up there. I mean, it's really bad. So kudos to them. I think kudos to them for trying. Trying something new and trying something new. It's doing what our legislature won't.
0: Yeah. So $20 a car for one or two people. $5 uh, for four or more. $10 for uh, three. Now, you could also buy a season parking pass for $150 still. Okay. It's not bad. But, you know, I'd like to see them eliminate that option.
1: Make it do it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to bring it up. This isn't a car story at all, but okay. it's one, it was one of my favorite stories I saw this week. I all wanna right. talk Did you see the game day sign guy? The kid? Oh, yeah. The bush beer guy? Yeah. That was one bush of, one of the coolest stories ever. <laughs> so
0: tell people that so have not missed and may have not heard it.
1: So this guy named Carson King was the kid's name, just college student at Iowa State. And game Day was there last week, and so like the Game Day thing, they get everyone brings their own signs, and it's like it's all about the like, most hilarious signs that they feature, and you see them all in the background of the show. His sign that he put out there said, "I gotta get this exactly right." Bush Light Supply needs replenishing. Venmo Carson King twenty five.
0: So he put his Venmo. Put his real
1: Venmo number on it. And said his bush light supply needs replenishing. <laughs> he got to the front row and was right there on the camera, and people started sending him money.
5: That's unbelievable.
1: And so, like, like after a few hours, like his phone started ringing, and he had like four, five hundred dollars in people who had donated money to his beer supply. So he's joking around, says like, "Oh, okay, we'll buy some beer." It's like, then all of a sudden, it kept getting bigger and bigger, and and then him and his buddies, without anybody coming to him, decided, "Hey, we should make something good about this." Yeah. And so he announces that. He, um, so the big thing is it's not at Iowa State, but it's at Iowa, right? Is that children's hospital where they waved to the kids at the beginning of the first, end of the first quarter. Yeah. He decided he was going to post online that he all the money donated to him for the beer, he's just going to give to the children's hospital, less one case of Bush Light. Just He's buying <laughs> so, one case. So I'm going to buy one case of Bush Light and do it. And so it got crazy. And then so it got to about $1,600, and Bush Light and Venmo both come on and say, we're going to match. Mm. Any donation made to Carson King. And at this point, I want to say it's over a hundred thousand dollars.
0: He tweeted yesterday he currently has two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And it's
1: gonna be matched. Yes. And it's all gonna be matched. Matched so this, by both of them. By both of them. So it's gonna be like you're almost talking it's gonna be close to a million dollars. Right. Yeah. It's gonna donate. And so then Bush Beer, brilliant, comes out and basically tells him that they're gonna give him a year's supply of bush beer. Yeah. And they custom made a beer can with his face on That's it.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: It's the greatest story ever.
0: And it's doing such good.
1: It's doing such good. And just cause this guy this this guy out there in Iowa just decided he wanna do the right thing. He could have very easily just pocketed. It probably wouldn't have gotten a hundred thousand dollars. It would have gotten fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. He could have just pocketed it and yeah. I mean, he's probably a poor college student and Use it to buy beer and he was just live joking on. around, yeah, trying to get joking on TV, around like it wasn't trying to do anything. Yeah. And, and so now the total he's going to have. So Friday, he said the amount in his Venmo account rose to more than one hundred and seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So the Venmo, the total is over half a million right now, and it's going to go all to that children's mm-hmm. hospital.
0: So. And you can. I think he's going to do it at the end of September. So you can still yeah. donate if you yeah. want to.
1: I hope it's. Uh, I'm going to see if I got the name. So if you guys want, if anybody wants to donate, it is his thing. Is Carson King-25. There
0: it is. Yeah.
1: And I hope they release that can nationwide.
0: Oh, is it not nationwide? It's just I regional. I don't there? know if it
1: is. I assume it's just regional, but I hope they do that can nationwide because that's such a cool thing, and <laughs> I think it's just well done by everybody. That's From great. Venmo to Bush to the guy, everybody. Gives you chills. Oh, it's just it, amazing. It's really good. Just be, Someone doing the right thing. It's just such a cool thing.
0: And did you know that they- And he gets his beer. He gets his and, beer. And in the end, he gets his beer. And his face is on it. <laughs> and he's the big man on campus.
1: That is the coolest guy at Iowa State right now <laughs> for the next year. Like, he's going to want her on Iowa State drinking his- Beer on his own face <laughs> on his beer.
0: He he shares that with only Arnold with only Arnold Palmer now. Right, being able to drink your a can with your face, face on, on it. it. That's it's unbelievable. Amazing. Uh, and game day is pretty strict about what they allow. The signs to say they confiscate the signs and. They pass out the the supplies to make your sign if you didn't bring your own supply, but they very closely monitor what your signs say. And there was a discussion about not allowing his sign on. Believe it or not, that's so funny. And man, can you imagine uh, if they hadn't? What good couldn't have wouldn't have been done if they hadn't? Right. Just because he's making a joke about beer. So I'm glad they reasonable heads came together and let him have that sign. That's that's terrific. It's, it's really pretty cool. Really cool story. Uh, There was talk of game day.
1: And I bet it's going to sell them a lot of beer. Oh, for sure. There was talk about game day next week. That is not happening anymore.
0: That won't happen next week, no. Uh, I'm not saying it won't happen all year, but it won't happen next week. And by the way, the two times that I've attended game day events here in the state once was in Provo. I think, I want to say Florida State was in town. Maybe it was TCU then, and it was TCU up here with Utah, Mm -hmm. and both times was – not a great day for the local teams. So you may not want game day to mm. come a call if you're superstitious at all. Uh, 855-340-ZONE if you want to be part of the show. 855-340-ZONE. All right, uh, Jeff, this, this car uh, owner, uh, he, he says, I have a love-hate relationship with my 15 Outback. Driving from Michigan to Yellowstone, it made a rhythmic noise that increased with speed all the way there and back, and it made my wife and I very uncomfortable and nervous – Upon our return, the dealership discovered we had defective wheel bearings in both front wheels. I heard the mechanic say something about so much heat buildup that parts were welding together. New parts were installed and a fairly quiet ride resumed, but now I worry about every little noise the car makes or every bump it goes over. Could the damage caused by the heat buildup back then affect the car's performance three years later? Welded parts sound bad. I wonder if all I got was a band-aid fix."
1: real bearings now if they replace that then you're gonna it's gonna be a clean fix forever right i don't i wouldn't worry about that one at all
0: the, the answer is exactly that that this is a standalone issue yeah it's you not get gonna gonna rid of the, the
1: engine it's not gonna affect the rest of the cards
0: which i think is a really strong example of just how reliable and low maintenance a subaru actually can be totally if you take care of the little stuff the big stuff is not going to give you any issues. That's why people drive their Subarus literally into the Subaru graveyard they do. at 600,000 miles and flip the odometer three times. Is because they take care of the little stuff and the big stuff always works. Mm-hmm. It's a, I thought it was a really good example of that. So, uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that uh, it would worry you. Like, I, I, I remember I had a an issue with a car way back when where uh, I had a, a dented, like uh, it was in the winter, I had gone into the curb a little hot and I had dented the rim. Okay. And they fixed it, replaced it, got a new rim on there. But every time I'd hear a little noise, be like, oh, is that rim bent again? <laughs> you know, I was a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. And it's if you take care of the little stuff, your your car will always take care of you. That's what
1: you always recommend. Just like that, we had a caller last week, I think, called about how I'm going to keep my 200,000-mile car going. It's just take care of it. Don't skimp on the maintenance. Do the right stuff. Maintain it how it's supposed to. Get, have a good mechanic working on it. And yeah. It'll generally last a lot longer. You can't. The thing about it is, though, it's like anything. It's a machine. You can maintain that car perfectly, and it can still have an engine go out at 80,000 miles. Yeah. like you, ne- you never know.
0: There's a lot of parts in there that mm-hmm. could cause some issues. Uh, so there's a big-time hockey game here at the arena tonight. The LA Kings are, quote-unquote, hosting the Vancouver Canucks. For the Salt Lake shootout, preseason, preseason, yeah. What are, did I not? what's said are, big time. Well, it's, it is. It's the only one here. That's big time. That is big time. I guess. It is the biggest hockey game you'll have in the state of Utah for the next calendar year. Uh, so it, it's the it's a big time big time game. So if you're a hockey fan, you got to be here. You got to get down to the Salt Lake shootout. We had Luke Robotai on with Tony and me yesterday? Yeah? That how was that? A, uh, f- I fanboyed it.
1: I uh, don't really I'm not a hockey guy.
0: What? That's not surprising. What? That's not surprising.
1: Uh, I, I've been to a couple hockey games in my life. Yeah. Jump in.
5: Um I these te- the team selections n-
0: don't make sense to me. Well, let, let me stop you there because well, there's
1: Utah, right?
0: There's a corporate sponsorship. There's a lot of money attached oh, to this. okay. <laughs> uh, it's whoever wants to come here. That's who comes here. Gotcha. There, but the LA Kings have right Trevor Lewis. They have Trevor and Daniel uh, uh, Brickley. Th- they have more Utahns on their roster than any other NHL team. Huh. That's so, interesting. So I always, just to counter counter yeah, argue there,
5: I just I would love to see like Vegas and Colorado play a game. Sure,
0: that w- there's a lot that of Vegas and Colorado bar. fans here. Right. I I am I'm an Avalanche yeah. fan. You're an Avalanche yeah. fan. Uh, And that's because, being hockey lovers, those were the teams that were available to us. Yeah. That were nearby. That's why we have a lot of Rockies fans here. Their games are on TV. Although there's, like, a massive dispute going on
5: right now between the Avalanche and uh, Altitude Television. Yeah. And the games might not be available this year.
0: Yeah, there's a a big-time situation with the TV in a lot of areas. I know the AT&T Sportsnet situation is up in the air right now because... The at and may want to sell that to a different broadcasting group, and then what would that mean for streaming in the future, which they're trying to work towards getting? Lots of different questions. TV is like the wild, wild west at times. TV contracts and stuff like that. Is
1: they, I don't obviously, I don't, obviously I don't know hockey very well, but is there a direct connections with the minor league teams? Meaning uh, are they affiliated like, with like, the teams? So team? like, do the Grizzlies have an affiliation?
5: So the Grizzlies, the way it works, the Grizzlies are an ECHL team, which is like single A or double A almost because the AH it goes NHL to AHL to ECHL and the way the Grizzlies are formatted into all of that is the Colorado Avalanche are the NHL team the Colorado Golden Eagles are the AHL team and currently the Utah Grizzlies. It's only been a year though, right? That the Utah Grizzlies have been the ECHL team because yeah. they used to be the Ducks ECHL. Team. They,
0: they've been the Ducks. They've been the Coyotes. Uh, they've been the uh, someone else way back when. Uh, but uh, also, there will be years where the Grizzlies share with several different NHL teams because okay. it's kind of like a feeder farm yeah. system. So right now, it's the the Avalanche.
1: But it's not like a direct connection, like the bait, like the bees are with the Angels.
0: Uh, right now it is. There's a direct connection, but it's there's a team. As a team between So them. it's like the Angels to the Bees to the Who's Mobile. The
1: do- that's the double-A team. Yeah, right?
0: the Mobile whatever they are now. They just recently changed their name. But they still all feed right to the Angels. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, t- players can be traded or loaned or whatever. Laundered. But the reason I bring up this hockey thing is uh, at the Detroit Red Wings Little Caesars Arena in Detroit – They have a fully built, fully loaded, brand new, with the engine and all the bells and whistles, 2020 Chevrolet Corvette C8, which we just talked about. Not going to have a lot of those on the ground during this strike. But they have one. They've considered it a a, a piece of art or a sculpture, but it is actually a real drivable 2020 Chevy Corvette C8 that, as you enter one of the corridors at Little Caesars Arena— there's a Chevrolet statue to your right and it's got tire tracks that curve up 10 to 15 feet over your head and up onto a brick wall above the entrance and there's where the so it looks like the Corvette is driving up over your head onto the wall. That's cool. It's really cool. That's really cool. And they talked about how uh, how what kind of undertaking it was to get that thing mounted on a brick wall and it usually when you see that it's just the frame of a car or, just the outer shell so it looks like a real... They put an actual car up there. That's pretty cool. It's insane. That's really cool. Uh, and those are cool cars, man. I've always been a Corvette guy, but the the 2020 C8, that's, nice, that's one I'd nice. like to get my hands on. Uh, 855-340-ZONE, if you want to be part of the show, you can uh, get some, you'd be entered to win a four-pack of VIP Lounge Movie Passes, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, Eric, are we on air? I'm getting a bunch of messages saying we are completely off air. If you want to check that for us yeah, real it, quick, that'd be great.
5: We are on now, but it went down for like okay, a second. Okay, but we're back now. Yeah. Thank you.
0: 855-340-ZONE. Uh, did you see the story about the taxing of the electric vehicles and how states a bunch of states are charging way too much? No. What's that story? So this is from Green Car Reports and Consumer Reports together. They uh, they say that oops I just I just lost it but they say that there are 26 states currently charging electric vehicle owners like a tax like you get for a gas tax mm-hmm. to take care of the roads and that kind of sort of thing so they're being charged this tax as an EV owner but 11 of those 26 states are be are being accused of charging overcharging electric vehicle owners more than the gas powered uh, owners are, are are being charged in their taxes. Uh, so let's see the numbers here. Uh, uh, let's see. Of those 12 that are uh, charging too much, 10 are charging fees above the average gasoline tax paid by drivers. Consumer consumer advocates argue that those fees do little to contribute to road maintenance and other transportation projects, which is ostensibly the reason for implementing now That's them. the
1: argument behind it. The argument behind those fees th- is that, all those roads were being fixed by gas taxes,
0: and those electric cars aren't paying gas taxes. And so they're, but why are they being charged more? Now that doesn't make any sense. Than the average gas car uh, owners being charged, like it should be. There should this shouldn't be hard to figure out, should it? Is Utah one of those states? Uh, it doesn't list the states, which I was disappointed that they didn't list the exact states. We could look it up, I'm sure, elsewhere. It does say that Missouri. Is considering a proposal that would increase its existing fee to three times the average paid in gas tax. So, Missouri's doing it on purpose. Missouri knows that they're doing this, and they're even considering making it three times more expensive than a gas powered vehicle. Why would, why? I don't understand.
1: This it doesn't is, make any sense. I've always wanted an argument, like, and I get their argument. The argument is that we don't have the money to fix the roads, whatever, like that. But shouldn't you be encouraging people? To drive electric cars? Yeah. Make, like, and if you have to take a little hit on the other side or charge the people, maybe you, to make up for that, you charge the people who's paying gas higher. Like yeah. If, if the gas tax is enough, why don't you raise the gas tax to cover the difference versus charging people for doing the right thing?
0: Uh, I, I'm with you because these electric vehicle owners, they're trying, they, they're environmentally conscious and uh, driven people typically, and that's why they're driving an EV is to not only get uh, economical uh, better, but to in- improve the environment, and they're just slamming them for doing that. And I don't, I totally am against that. I don't understand it. So if you have a rebuttal out there, I'd love to hear it. Why an electric vehicle owner should be charged three times more the tax than a gasoline powered vehicle owner? 855-340 zone. It couldn't possibly be argued away that an electric vehicle is three times heavier than a gas powered vehicle. That's not true, is it? And therefore would do three times the damage that a gas powered vehicle would do. I can't oh, buy that at all. That's a bad argument. So you
1: got semis rolling down the road, want not to charge semis 20 times as much?
0: Yeah, I think isn't there a there's a pretty big tax against a, a a heavy vehicle like that, isn't there? But I mean, that's the exception. No. The guy driving his 3 F350 super diesel doesn't get that tax. I got 550 Five fifty, even I saw a 750 one time. Really, that was ridiculous. It was I had to. It had to have been custom ordered or made somehow. It looked like the a Peterbilt
1: yeah, that's gotta <laughs> engine. Be like a, yeah, it's got to be a dump truck basically.
0: And then, but it but just had a regular bed on the back of it. It was ridiculous. It was it was cool looking, but it was funny. All right, eight five five three four zero zone. If you have a question, comment, or story, we'd love to hear from you. Paul is on line one. Good morning, Paul. How
2: are you doing? I'm my favorite. Drive, I guess, is a kind of a personal thing. It's from here to Reno every year, where we go out to the air races and watch uh, people with lots of money waste <laughs> it. Uh There's
0: there's a lot of foliage from here to Reno, is there?
2: Oh, oh yeah, there's a lot of foliage. Foliage, if you hit a jackrabbit or something, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see the uh, salt flats, and yeah, it's nice out
2: there. Yeah, but, uh, it's it was some interesting races this year. I mean. They've got formula, uh, what they call a sports class airplane, which you see a lot around all, all the airports and stuff. Some of those guys were getting over 400 mile an hour around the course. Wow!
0: And this is the—they're like doing tricks and stuff through rings. No, no, or no, no.
2: This, that's not Red Bull. This is just regular racing.
0: Oh, okay. you line up in a line, a,
2: a line, and uh, they have a pace plane that lets them go. And they all—the first guy that this, the guide pylon, or the, as they call it out there on the mountain. Uh, Then they just put the pedal to the metal. Wow. That'd be fun. Be exhilarating to see something like that. There is one real significant thing that uh, I've seen this year. There was a gentleman who was racing uh, uh, Formula One. This is a real small airplane. And this guy was a paraplegic. Wow. How cool. And uh, I mean, this is something to, to see this guy out there flying and racing. I mean. Not many people even fly an airplane that's a paraplegic, let alone race it. So
0: I, I've, I've got full use of all four of my limbs. I couldn't fly an airplane. Even if someone tried to teach me, I don't think I could figure it out. So well done yeah, by him. That's good. This was really, a, and it was an interesting week. And I, we go out there every year, and it's,
2: it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of other things to see out there while we're there. But, I mean, it's just watching people uh, compete.
0: You might say, but anyway, yeah.
2: it, uh, we ha- had a very enjoyable time.
0: Well, thank you, Paul. Thanks for uh, adding to the show. Yeah, we've been asking for your favorite fall-time drives. He says, here to Reno, Jeff. I don't, I can't say that I've ever – I don't know if I've ever driven to Reno. I Maybe so I have because I've driven to San Francisco so you had to when I was to a real, Reno, kid, yeah. real young kid. Yeah, you had a driven to Reno then. I've driven to Reno before. Yeah. But I, I didn't know what was going on. I was too young mm. when I when to we Wendover. There. Wendover? You've been to Wendover? I uh, don't. I think I've been past Wendover. Yeah. Didn't really grow up in a family that would frequent R- R- Wendover? Wendover. <laughs> Although I've been really—you didn't want to go to hit the buffet. I want to try it. Buffet's I don't fun. think I don't think you can live here your whole life and not do take, a weekend in Wendover. Take just don't even do a weekend. Just go take the fun bus. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do the fun bus. It's the fun bus. It's a bus full of other people I don't want to be with. Bunch.
1: It's <laughs> a bunch of old people who go to. It's a bunch. Of, it's a bus full of slot jockeys.
0: Yeah. Not sure. Uh, not sure they're that's the really way I I, It's a good. It's a good crowd. Is it?
1: I okay. I've been in years, but <laughs> it's pretty good stuff.
0: Uh, your your crowd there, the Fun Bus crowd. Eight five five three four zero zone. Mike or Paul, they're gonna win the the movie passes right now. So get your name in. Eight five five three four zero zone. Tesla is uh, reinventing the windshield wiper. Jeff, did you ever see the movie? Uh, what is it? Is it? Oh God! Now I forgot the name. Blink of a flash of an eye, or blink. Well, let's see. Greg Kinnear, windshield movie.
1: Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: Uh, flash of genius. That's a genius. Yeah. The story of the guy that, that invented that
1: the, the, the intermittent intermittent windshield wiper.
0: Yeah, and then got it stolen from him. And mm-hmm. anyway, it's a pretty good movie, uh, starring Greg Kinnear. But Tesla is reinventing all of that. They say they're coming out with a. They've just filed a patent. For a brand new way of windshield wiping. Now this the patent drawings show both a single blade or a dual blade system, but it's different from your typical uh, from the resting position up across the windshield and back down to the dash. This is it runs on an electromatic uh, track. So it just
1: goes side to side like yes, it should.
0: It just wipes the entire windshield off and then stops and then comes back the other way across
1: Vertical. is really logical.
0: Yes. And you don't get the... Don't I'm OCD, like spot. Yeah, like and you get little... that little shark fin-looking th- thing yeah. in the middle, and I hate that. It drives me crazy. And now I'm OCD, like I said. but I like it. So this would wipe it all off and, and take care of it all the way across. They say the reason they're doing it is their system being on electromagnetic track uses less battery power than the current uh, uh, situation that you have in your circuited windshield wipers and so being an electric vehicle running on a battery they want to reduce the power that the battery uh puts out there to run the windshield wiper
1: i think that sounds pretty cool
0: it does sound cool so we'll see if they if they get it done see if they if it actually comes to be because this is tesla and there's a lot of stuff tesla says they're going to be doing that we never see anything on so this what this looks like one though they could probably pull off and make happen.
1: Yeah, this one looks like a pretty easy one, right? It just goes back and forth. It just runs on a little track front of it.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like the idea. 340 zone. Back out to the phone lines now, and Alex is standing by. Hi, Alex.
2: Hey there. <coughs> what could we do? How are
0: we doing
4: you? today? Good. Oh, you were just asked about the favorite fall drive. I like going down on south to Nephi, hitting up the uh, Nebo Loop once a year, lots of colors and.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's really it's pretty down nice through boat. those canyons. Yeah. That's really, I mean, the only nice thing about Utah is pretty much any of the, once you hit fall time, any of those canyons you're going through, you're going to get a pretty incredible drive.
0: Are there, places, but, are there places to get out and enjoy, or do you just have to drive on through?
4: You drive on through, and you hope you're not behind someone that wants to do, like, 15 to 20, because there's also a lot of nice windy corners, but if mm-hmm. you're in a good good car like a brand new subaru going around those tight corners a a nice sti or brz or
1: something there you go have a little fun maybe maybe a couple miles an hour over the speed limit (laughs) we
0: would never advocate such
4: things no (laughs) (laughs) no but you do need to take the fun bus is not full of a bunch of old people (laughs) to wind over either like (laughs) i do that drive in my car all the time but i took the fun bus too, and it's a free buffet, which more than pays for your oh, ticket. It's oh, it's a great box. deal.
1: I'm not. I'm not slamming the fun bus. The, the deals you get on the fun bus—from the free buffet to the match tickets to the yeah. free souvenir in the souvenir shop—it's worth it. No, uh, hey.
4: yeah, I, I have to take a stand at that point. I, I just, <laughs> stand up for them, yes, I'll sir. So, Thank so
1: you. Alex. It's a, so it's a younger population than what I'm thinking, Alex. It's not as old. maybe I just got a for bad sure. bus the I mean,
4: last you're time I have went. Old people, but there's there's like five really old people, and most people are like, you know, twenty five to forty five in that area. They're okay. all they're all having a good time still, and you I, know,
0: I guess I you, just you, need the, to. I need to be more socially minded. Because I, I, regardless of the age, I'm like, I don't want to go on a bus with a bunch of people we I did don't a, know. Uh, we,
1: uh, God, it was at least three or four years ago, but we did a work trip that way. Did you? So we did like a little fun, like just employee- engagement kind of thing and on a sunday just after everyone who wants to go the the fun bus is showing up at the dealership at <laughs> 10 a.m it'll bring you back at 8 p.m and if you want to come we're covering it
4: that'd
0: be fun yeah
4: it was really fun you, you gotta carefully pick who you sit next to is bring friends with you because it's a freaking long drive but
1: it's, it's worth it
0: it's a long drive yeah. on a bus thanks alex appreciate it <laughs> thanks, standing alex. up for the fun bus crowd <laughs> i love, love it. it uh and he said the nebo loop for his yeah, fall-time drive. Yeah, my
1: Nephi. Have to, Nephi goes to that canyon. I'll have to try that. Beautiful.
0: All right, it's Utah Car Sense, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. 855-340-ZONE is the phone number. We uh, would love to hear from you, your favorite full time drive. Any other question or comment you have for us, 855-340-ZONE. BYU pregame starts at noon, so we will get the uh, get that ready for you. Uh, BYU taking on Washington, but we'll take you till noon. He's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. Back next with more Utah Car Sense.